2: All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another episode of the Ryan and Goodman Podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan, and we're joined by, you know, you try to be objective, Bob, when you do this job, right? You try, but some sometimes you just can't be objective, and that's how I am with TJ McConnell. That, that, absolutely, that's how I am. I'll admit it. Um, you know, we're both Arizona Wildcats. One did a little bit more to help the Arizona program than the other, um, but. You know, listen, I'll go back to maybe my favorite story involving TJ McConnell, Bob. and he had graduated from Arizona and I don't know if he even remembers this, but he graduated and he called me maybe, I don't know, two weeks after TJ. I don't know if you remember this at all. And you asked me, you said, Hey, do you think I, I can play in the league? Like, do you think I can play in the league? And I said, hell yeah. Like at the time, Matthew Della Vadova was playing like 30 minutes, for Cleveland in the playoffs. And I said that to you. I said, listen, you're not the same player. We know that. But absolutely, you can play in the league because you're an elite defender. You're tough as shit. And you're going to get better shooting the basketball. And uh, now, TJ McConnell, you are, what, going to go into year seven in the NBA now?
3: That is correct.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And the best part is, the first game TJ played, Bob, was where? In the Garden, in Boston. Yeah. It
3: did not go well. I'll tell you that much, though. (laughs) But
2: you know what? I don't know if it mattered. You were so happy when I walked in the locker room. The smile on your face that you were on an NBA team, you know, playing for an NBA team that day was like, I I don't think it mattered to you whether you played well or not. You were on a team. It's a hell of a story, TJ. It's a hell of a story. And, uh, again, I'm not objective. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, You know what I think of you as a person. You know what I think of you as – how hard you've worked, and uh, you just got to get paid now. You got to get paid.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just a waiting game right now, honestly. Um, just trying to work out and spend some much-needed time with uh, my five-month-old son and my wife. Um, you know, cause, you know this, the, the season's a grind. So um, just spending some necessary time with them and, and trying to, you know, work my butt off and just enjoy life.
1: I have to ask you, uh, as a basketball person, uh, I assume you watched the game last night. Yep. Just your impression. It, 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 there's so we could go any number of different directions about about stuff to talk about, individual stuff. Uh, the, the half hour it took to play, two minutes, the five yep. reviews. But what was your personal takeaway and an impression of that that game? Any ending?
3: Um, well. I I had the opportunity to play for Monty, Monty Williams. He was an assistant coach in Philly uh, for my last year. And um, you just knew um, when he took that son's job that he was going to really turn that place around. Now, did I think they were going to go to the Western Conference Finals in his second year? No. But, I mean, the respect that he commands in the locker room, the way he treats his players – you know, they, if you see the way they play, they like playing for him, and he's taken that Suns team and just have com- he's completely elevated them. And you got to give James Jones credit; um, he he built um, a nice team with them, and and they're learning how to win. And and it's it's great to see. I I really like watching them play
2: as a fan. TJ, are are you like some of the rest of us? Of like, I'm not tired of seeing LeBron at all. Or, or some of these other guys that have been in there every year, but it's refreshing to see some of the young guys, you know, whether it is DeAndre Ayton, your your Arizona uh, alum, whether it is uh, Devin Booker and, and what he's able to do, or even like a kid like Terrence Mann going off for the Clippers. I don't know. I feel it's refreshing to see some new faces, you know, Giannis, Trey Young. Um, I, I think it's fun.
3: No, I I completely agree. I was just talking to JJ Redick about this yesterday, and you know, there's this parody in the league that like LeBron or the Warriors uh, or or whatever they were in they were in the finals like every year. And I'm with you. Like, obviously, it's it's great to see LeBron's greatness in the in the in the playoffs and in the finals. But to have the four teams left um, that you know they haven't won a ring, two of them never and the other two for a very long time. I think it's, I think it's great for the league and it's fun to watch in my opinion.
1: I got to ask you about a guy that that was very prominent in the game and had his team won would have been, you know, cited as such. What is it like to play against Patrick Beverly?
3: (laughs) I feel like, I feel like Patrick Beverly is one of the best competitors in the NBA. I mean, he, his energy is contagious and, and people feed off that, and it gets his team going. Um, I really respect the way he plays, because I try to play that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just love what he brings to the table for his team and does all the dirty work that doesn't really necessarily show up on a stat sheet. And, um, you know, that's great. So every team needs a player like that. Yeah, well, so I
1: remember as a Celtic person, if you will, of uh, watching you and, 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 and Philly, I said, he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> And I I mean, seriously, I mean, I I, I like you, love your game. I remember you from Arizona, but I said, I said, he's a pain in the ass, you know, and, and, but not to the degree that Beverly is, he's in the club. He's the gold standard of pain in the ass as far as I'm concerned.
3: No, I would say he's probably the biggest pain in the ass in the league. And I'm saying that as a compliment, but Um, yeah, but I feel like when you're playing the way he plays, the way I play, just getting under people's skin and and bothering them and throwing them off their game, you know, that, that's an underrated thing to do. If you can get someone to, you know, get three early fouls or throw up bad shots. I mean, that's that, he does a good job of that and he he really helps his team.
1: And then he threw in uh, a a little cherry in the Sunday. He made some threes. 100%. 100%. He He and Rondo kept them alive, but they just wouldn't, you know, you know, we like to say they wouldn't go away. They, 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 They wouldn't let it, uh, you know, Phoenix to get out of sight. They wouldn't. They never, the biggest deficit was nine. And and then the fourth quarter was, but they made those threes, those guys, those two kept them alive to give them a chance to win. But, but when he's, when they're, when he's adding on, and same with Rondo, when Rondo's making threes, in addition to what he already does, you know, that's really, you know, they're really a threat.
3: Oh, absolutely. Those two guys are, you know, just the ultimate competitors and they step up in big moments. You know, they're not afraid of taking those shots in the big moments. And that's why they're out there. And that's why, um, you know, their names are as big as they are, because they have showed time and time again that they're not afraid of the moment. I mean, Rondo, what he's done in the playoffs um, these last few years and throughout his career is nothing short of remarkable. You know, he's been he's been tremendous.
2: TJ, who's your pick to win? win it all now I mean obviously you look at you know Clippers without Kawhi down 2 uh you got the Hawks Milwaukee series starting up I I said Milwaukee last week I just you know why I just felt like they were the healthiest team and, and I feel like this year it's just kind of a war of attrition like whoever is going to be healthiest is going to have the best shot now again Phoenix gets Chris Paul back they'll be healthy when it matters and, and likely get to the NBA finals unless something crazy happens but I just felt like even though Milwaukee has some warts, right? And, and Giannis, the hard part right now is it's hard to put the ball in his hands at the end of a game because of his free throw shooting. But they got a reliable number two who, who's more than willing and capable to step up when you put it in his hands. So I like Milwaukee. Where, Who do you like right
3: now? Tough question for me because I, I do like Milwaukee as well, but um I played for Nate McMillan last year and I'm a really big fan of his, you know, I'm a fan of Nate. I'm a fan of Monty. Um, It would cool to be, to see those two go up against each other in the finals, but I don't know. I feel like people are kind of writing off the Clippers because no Kawhi, but um, you know, I feel like every series has started out this way for them. They lose two on the road and everyone kind of writes them off and then here they come right back. So I don't really have an answer for you because I mean, I feel like the Clippers could, very well, even up this series. Paul George is playing at a big time level.
1: We have to get to your fellow Wildcat. Uh, I have a category TJ for uh, bigs. I call him U B, useful big. If you're a useful big, that's the that's the minimum standard. That and I think he's been that. Now he's in the new category, PDG, pretty damn good. And is on his he's on his way to F good. I mean <laughs> that he's yeah. he really is. Coming out before the world's eyes, I mean, and, and elevating his game. That one sequence last night, you know, when he blocked the shot, made a miraculous save. Wow. Went down the other end of the court, and, and in traffic, made made the, the alley oop, and then came back and, and and made the back tap on the rebound for the basket. All that within a minute. I'm thinking Jeff Van Gundy must have been going apoplectically out of his <laughs> mind because <laughs> he couldn't say about anything about it. They were talking to the sideline reporter. <laughs> she, yeah. Can, not that she doesn't do her job. And I'm thinking, I mean, Jeff, when you think about it, Van Gundy must be going nuts because yeah. he wants to talk about what he's just seen, yeah. which is a phenomenal stretch yeah. of basketball. Anyway, I've been on the soapbox. Aiden, what's your impression of Aiden?
3: I, I have been a fan of him, you know, ever since his Arizona days, obviously. And I feel like with with young guys, you know, people forget when they come in. How how, how old is he? 20, 21. He, he's
1: not like, yet. He's 22. Yeah.
3: Twenty-two, like
1: it
3: was 19, um, which one? they they think he should come in and just dominate right away. And like sometimes with you know young players, it takes him a year or two to find himself. And he really looks like the game is just slowing down for him. And he's 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 um, finding his way, doing what his team needs him to do, and just playing on both ends. Uh, it's really impressive to see the growth that he's he's gone from year one to now.
0: Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for a job opening could be time better spent growing a business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. LinkedIn connects you with well-qualified candidates. And they've done the same thing for me every time I use it. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience that you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified people. And then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
2: All right, TJ, give me your favorite craziest Joel Embiid story because JoJo is a character. Like, I first met him at Kansas, and that personality is off the charts. I know it may rub some people the wrong way. I actually loved how how much he played through pain in the series, and I don't think he got enough credit for that, you know, with a torn, you know, meniscus or whatever it was, playing – I thought the one thing about him in that series, there weren't a lot of smiles. Like it was a different Joel that you saw in that series. It was like all business, not talking crap, just, you know, again, just playing hard. It was probably because he was in so much pain too, but he understood the magnitude of it. Give me kind of what it's like to be a teammate of of JoJo. And and also maybe your your funniest or most memorable story.
3: (laughs) I mean, playing alongside him um, was incredible. You know, he empowers his teammates so much and, and gives them so much confidence. And But, like, to witness his greatness on a nightly basis is it's remarkable. Um, you know, the stuff that he does, you shouldn't be able to do at his size. And to your point, saying, you know, there wasn't a lot of smiles, he just looked extra motivated um, to kind of will his team to the next round. Obviously, they came up short, but. He was, he was remarkable in the series. Um, and you know, this, I think, you know, me pretty well. I'm a, I'm a competitor. Um, and he was illegal screening me in a pickup game. I think this was like my second year. This was going into his first year. Um, and he was setting illegal screens and I told him, um, you know, said in in another legal screen, you're not going to like what happens next. Like, like I'm going to do anything. Like, like, that's just, that's just me. Like thinking that I'm going to do something to to, uh, mess with Joel. And he said another one. And for some reason, I don't know why I tried to do this. I tried to pick him up (laughs) and I could only lift up like half of his leg. And I said, uh, this isn't going to end well for me. And he goes, it's all right, little guy. And I've never felt, less of a human being than at that point. Uh, Joel, he,
2: he, listen, he, he's a riot. I mean, he is. I remember being there for, for one of your, again, one of your shoot-arounds. And after the shoot-around, he's playing like soccer with the basketball or something, like kicking. Did he do that all the time? And like, ridiculous. It's almost like the ball's like hacky sack and he's jumping around, kicking. Like, he is just so incredibly talented for his size at like anything he wants to do.
3: No, he's incredibly skilled. Just, I mean, he picks up anything and he's good at it. He's one of those type guys. And, um, you know, I've seen him play soccer, like up close and personal. He's always, he's always talking about soccer and then kicking the, kicking the basketball around. It's like, like, you see him just like juggling it with, with his feet, his legs, and like heading it. It's like, it's unbelievable, you know, how skilled he is.
1: You play with two of my favorite players. One that I know Jeff gets tired of me talking about. I love him. I love but, him. Oh God, I know. No, no, I'm only kidding. Uh, we both love him. And, and I, I'm a huge fan of his father as well. That's where it all started. Mr. Sabonis, who had an amazing end to the season that went completely overlooked by the national media. What a month he had.
3: Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about uh, Domas. He is – I mean, he just does everything. He is our Swiss Army knife. He rebounds. He passes the ball. He scores. He sets good screens. I mean, I've never seen a guy that does so much for his team and not get the recognition. I mean, I know he was an all-star, but I feel like he needs to be talked about more. He does everything for our team. He's the hardest-playing big man that I ever saw in college,
2: TJ. I can honestly say that I've never seen anybody play harder. And then I saw him at a Celtics workout and he had never shot at Gonzaga. Like they didn't allow him to shoot from the perimeter. And I think he made 65 of a hundred threes at the Celtics workout. And I went up to him and I was like, Whoa, like I'm impressed. And he looked at me. He's like, no, no, that was horrible. Like I, I'm, I'm way better at three point shooter than that. And I was shocked, but he is, I mean, the, the, the dude just plays so hard. Like you guys had a really good team. This past year, I think on paper, obviously everybody had their injuries, right? You have Miles Karras didn't come, you know, obviously coming back from what he came from. It was going to take time. Did you feel that way? Did you feel like almost like the what if game? If we had been healthy all year, what we could have done?
3: Yeah, I'm not like a big moral victory type guy. Like, you know, if what if this, what if that. But uh, if we're just talking about the truth, we never really played with a full team. You know, the moment we did, it would be for one or two games, a guy would go down, um, you lose one of your best scores and TJ Warren for the entire year. Um, and, you know, and we just had to have that next man up mentality. And then um, obviously we trade Victor and didn't have Karis for a little bit, um, lose miles toward the end. Malcolm was out for a couple of weeks. And it, I just feel like none of us could, we could never get a rhythm with each other because of the injuries that we had. but. Um, you know, that happens sometimes and we're not going to make excuses. You know, we got to play better and, um, you know, it is what it is.
1: You mentioned Malcolm. That's my other guy that I am. And I, I became, uh, I met him actually at a function at, in his senior year and became aware of his incredible off the court accomplishments and what an interesting person he is. But meanwhile, he averaged 21 points a game this year when, when, when a lot of people weren't looking.
3: No, Malcolm, I, I, uh. Honestly, I, I, like I said about, uh, Sabonis, um, not en- Malcolm has not talked about enough either. You know, he, his ability to score when we ask him to, you know, he never takes a bad shot. And I feel like that's, if, if your point guard isn't taking bad shots, you know, you always give your team a chance to win and, and he's getting people the ball and he's a really, really good defender, really good. And to, for, to, piggyback off what you said about his off the court stuff. You know, he's a great teammate, all this stuff. Um, great locker room guy, but he's just a great person, you know, with, with the stuff that he does with his foundation and the way he treats people. Um, you know, I consider him a, a great friend and um, it's a joy and an honor to play, play with alongside of him and, and to call him a friend.
2: Best player you've ever guarded is who, who's the toughest guy that again, for better or worse, you go up against, you're, you're excited, but you're like, man, I don't want to deal with this dude.
3: I mean, there, there's all the obvious ones out there. Um, but I, I've said this numerous times. My rookie year, um, Isaiah Thomas, when he was with the Celtics, I, uh, I've i never felt more helpless guarding <laughs> someone. Um, and my And it was like one of those things where like Brad kind of saw like snipped blood in the water and was like, you know, we score, he scored on me on on one play and the next five possessions down, you know, run it again and run it again, run it again, run it again. And I think he scored on or assisted on all five of those. And I had a long walk back to the bench and I was like, wow, that was very humbling. What just happened to me.
2: Who's the best player, Bob, you've ever seen best defender. All right. We have to take all
1: the big shot blocking centers and put them on the side. That's a whole other category. You know, in fact, I don't think that they should be eligible for, player, for defensive player of the year, much like pitchers shouldn't be eligible for MVP. They have Cy Young. They should have a, a big guy shot blocking player of the year. Okay. Um, Dennis Rodman was you know, in the discussion. Draymond Green is in the discussion. All right? But let me tell you somebody that uh, in my experience uh, with the Celtics just, uh, you know, that would be so perfect in today's game in so many ways. He, he was a good, he, he guarded. Every, it's six foot eight and, and a half. He guarded Everybody from seven, three and seven, four could switch off on any guard of his time at any time and, and busted his ass 48 minutes or however many minutes out there. Dave Cowens was an amazingly underrated defensive player. Oh, TJ, you would have so loved any of you guys would have so loved seeing this guy and playing with this guy. Uh, you talk about effort, but I mean, so there's, a, there's some examples of right there. But I just really believe that, that they, defensive player of the year, you know, blocks and shot. that's a category. That's a, you know, we're talking about guys who can guard a variety of people and all. And so there's some of the names that come to mind. And,
3: and, and, I, and I agree with you. Um, you know, and again, I'm a big fan of Rudy Gobert. Um, but like I said before, Ben Simmons has guarded one through five the entire year. And that's, and that's just so impressive to me if you're able to guard one through five, it, it's just, it puts you at such an advantage and helps your team so much. And there's a guy that I feel like isn't talked about enough in the defensive player of the year discussion. And it's drew holiday. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he is honestly one of the best defenders I've ever seen. And um, you know, I talked about this again with JJ Reddick yesterday on his podcast and you know, I don't have Kyrie's handle. I don't have Steph's handle, not even close and but guys just don't take the ball off me very often and he's done it numerous times and he makes it look effortless and he does it to a lot of people i just don't think he gets the credit he deserves in the defense event
2: well listen uh we appreciate you stopping by tj uh really do and i don't know if you remember that phone call but i will i'll (laughs) never forget it uh coming from you after you graduated and uh you know, to me, I'll also never forget walking in that locker room and, and, and seeing you in Boston and seeing the smile. And, um, I know free agency is, is coming for you here soon. I don't know how nervous you are, uh, or, or maybe excited because you're hopefully going to get paid and you've established yourself in the league as, as one of the best backup, uh, point guards. I know you give me shit still for saying that, you know, Markel Fultz, they should have drafted Markel Fultz because, uh, you were starting at that point, but, uh, but you, you know, he's,
3: he's, he's a a dear friend of mine, by the way. And he's, he's great. And Bob, that wouldn't be the first time that, you know, in college, uh, Jeff would always say, I'm not a top point guard in the NCAA and I'm just giving him a hard time right now, but um, you know, you, you guys are great. And and, and thanks for having me on and and to talk about free agency. Um, Last time was, I didn't know what to expect. So, I was waiting by my phone, stressing out. You know, I, I'm going to take a nice little vacation right before a free agency and kind of just relax my mind, clear my mind, and just get away and spend time with my family.
1: Well, if you want to come to 617, I'll pick you up at the airport. OK, that's a deal.
3: I appreciate that. I, I might take you up on that.
2: <laughs> Listen, take take care of uh, the five month old, change some diapers, help your wife, uh, because you know, Lord knows you don't do enough of it during the season. So now's the time. Pick up the slack a little bit. I'm I'm, uh, I'm a
3: hands-on dad,
2: just so you know. Actually, I do know that. I do know that uh, from from Doug McDermott. So I'm well aware. And uh, again, enjoy enjoy fatherhood, enjoy free agency, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. But good luck and uh, enjoy the offseason. Talk. Thanks guys, thanks for having
0: me. It's that time of the year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and ready to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of the opening week promo. Make a bet. Monday night, you got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Oakland Raiders. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo NFL100. That's right. All you new customers out there, sign up. Use the promo code NFL100. And win big money today.
2: Man, we got a lot to talk about, Bob. A lot to talk about.
1: Before we do anything else, we want to congratulate the, our podcast alumni, who one of whom certainly ought to be buying the next time we see them. <laughs> for think? sure. I think Duncan Robinson ought to reach into the wallet. Uh, Duncan Robinson signed five years at nine
2: oh. million. Undrafted. Started his career at Williams and College, Williams,
1: Bob. Oh my God, uh, it's it's a some story. And we and our friend T.J. McConnell yep up in, in in uh with the Pacers, and you know I could make do with his four years at thirty two, couldn't you? Listen, I can
2: make do with with our other friend George Niang, who signed a two year, I think six million dollar deal to go to the Sixers, uh, and I think he'll be really good as a piece coming off the bench yep. for for your boy yep. Doc.
1: So we. Yes, so there. All right, so we take, we we had to acknowledge our, our podcast alum, our, our
2: guest. I, I drove through Newcastle yesterday. Actually, I was up in Portsmouth, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we ended up eating in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, yesterday. Uh, driving up there, and we drove through uh, Newcastle, which is where Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson grew
1: up. So, wow, very, very cool. Got to be a sign. I, I think he's worth a plaque now. One of those. Home of, yes, I, home of Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I think that's. I think we have to talk to the town fathers up there. Uh, a
2: well, the, the, the Lakers can have a plaque now. Home of Russell Westbrook, finally. He's, he, you know, an L.A. product. Um, came out of there as a mid-major player out of high school. You know, went to UCLA. And um, now is headed back to L.A. to team up with LeBron and A.D. And, and Mello. And Mellow And Mello and, <laughs> Mello. Mello. and Dwight Howard coming back. And, and Dwight Howard. My um, God. The Lakers. This, the I got Lakers. killed. Bob, I got killed for tweeting out something and saying, hey, uh, maybe they should be playing in a nursing home instead of the Staples Center.
1: Here's a roster. I mean, I'm just reading off some numbers uh, on people on your roster now. Now, 37, 36, 32, 36, 36, 36, 34, and 32. Well. They, they, got, they got one guy. I, I, the only people under 30 currently of any import are – A.D., who's 28, played the season at 28, uh, Ben McLemore, yeah. who's 28, Kendrick Nunn, who's 26,
0: Malik and
1: Monk. Malik Monk, who's, who's 23, and, and Dennis Schrader. I forgot the, What that. Schroeder.
2: Schroeder's going to be gone. Schroeder's gone. Got to go. Well be gone. I thought everybody
1: was so, gone. Yeah, I, I had a, in my head. He was already out of there. But, he's a free, but, free right, agent. Anyway, I mean, this... This is astonishing. Oh, and Jared Dudley won't be on the roster. He's 36. I can't see how he's going back. I, I always root for him. Anyway, um, well, you know, it, it is, a, it is a, the uh, AARP team of the year. This Here's is what I'll about. say,
2: Bob. All that matters is that one of those 30-somethings is healthy. That's all that matters. The other <laughs> ones, it, it's irrelevant. Dwight Howard can be hurt, all those other dudes. If LeBron yeah. is close to 100%, when it matters... Yeah, and A.D.'s yeah. healthy, obviously. A.D.'s not one of those 30-somethings, but his body could right, be. But he's he's yeah.
1: uh, always an iffy Correct. participant. Let's put it that way. Right. I, I'll say
2: this, though, Bob. My big question to you isn't, let, let's, let's say for argument's sake they are healthy when it matters next year. How does Russell Westbrook and his game fit with 36-year-old LeBron and his game now and A.D.? I actually kind of, I don't hate it. I don't hate it.
1: I, I think Westbrook fooled us even last year with the way he adapted to his that surrounding, I yeah. thought. Uh, I, I, I was a little skeptical when that happened. And so I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll be, uh, I, I think they'll have the, the, the X player one ball thing won't be a major issue, I don't think, with, with LeBron and AD and, uh, and him. I think he did fool us a little bit while well, he was willing to to become the distributor. I mean, really, first. and yeah. the spoiler, Second.
2: All yeah. right. Here's another one for you. Would you, if you are the Phoenix Suns and James Jones and Robert Sarver, because I'm sure they, they couldn't have done this move without Robert, Robert Sarver doing this, would you have paid one Chris Paul four years? 120 million dollars he is LeBron's age he's
1: 36
2: right so you're Mm -hmm. talking about paying somebody at 40 years old or 39 turning 40 30 million dollars now again you're you're playing for the title that's what you're doing here you're saying like without Chris Paul we don't have a chance of, of winning this whole thing we have no choice we have to pay Chris Paul basically for the next two years thinking that we have a chance maybe to win a title and the last two or we're going to have some some problems. Well,
1: and we do know there was a market. He he had people that would definitely have wanted him. One you know, of starting in, in yeah. uh, Master Square Garden. Uh, yeah, I, I know that they were throwing that one around. Um, yet you say to yourself, was it necessary? Four years? Uh, oh my God, that's a. He'll be forty. How many? Name me a forty-year-old point guard. Do you yeah, ever there remember? aren't
2: many. There aren't many that are going to be at that level. And and, no, and again. I, Chris Paul takes care of himself. He does, but he's been hurt a lot throughout yeah, his career. He's a lot. And it,
1: well, you know, he's, he's a little, he's a little guy. He's six feet tall and some, you know, somebody could fall on him. I mean, seriously, I, um, that is a boy. That I, I, The answer is what I have done it. I would have I sure as well, wish I could have done it for two years and not four. He was going
2: to get three years somewhere else. He was yeah. definitely going to get three years. I think new Orleans was going to pay him three at 90. So I think Phoenix felt like the way we can keep them. We're where gonna
1: are get you on this, on this legacy thing with him? Where are you on that? Um, you know, I, I, like, I'm trying to think of
2: where I'd put Chris Paul among the greatest players. Right. I mean, I, I think I heard Barkley saying it the other day. And, and whether you like or don't like Chuck, like I, I do love the fact that he's pretty honest for the most part in what comes out of his mouth. It may be wrong. But he's going to say what he believes. And what he said was, listen, the reality is these days, he said, they did it with me, they're going to do it with everybody who hasn't won a title like you are just thought of differently. That's all, like you are. And that's how it's going to be with Chris Paul. If you win one, you're in a different stratosphere. Then to me, I just don't know, are you putting Chris
1: Paul, is he better than John Stockton, his career? The, the, the categories of guys we're talking about are Swiss Paul, Steve Nash, uh, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas. Okay, yeah. Here's where I come uh, differ with people on this. Sure. I don't think he belongs in the discussion because point guards don't belong in the discussion. The idea that a point guard can be the, the dominant, the, the number one factor is a fallacy. Wow. It is not the nature of the game. The nature of the game is that the most... Uh, 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 useful people are a mid-sized players who have a variety of skill. Mid-sized being defined as six five to six nine, yep. maybe six ten, that they can play all phases of the game, and and affect the game, uh, rebounding, passing, scoring, etc., etc. And or in the old days, dominant big men, you know. Yeah, not and anymore. the new big man models are different. They're more, it's the Jokic is the gold standard of the new modern big man. All right. That's a rare It's one. not, not, it's not yeah. the, the overpowering, dominant, physical force big man of, of, of your. All right. Now, point guards, are. it's unfair to, to put this burden on a six-foot basketball player. That is not the nature of the game. And I wish people would stop it. It yeah, is not. I think is, I'm guilty. I think I'm guilty of it, Bob. To be honest, and and okay, well, now you. your premise because I don't think point guards belong in this discussion. The only one who does happen to be six nine, and he's an anomaly. And okay. we've been waiting to see another one. And yes. guess what? There isn't one yet. Wait, Ben Simmons? Here will be. Ben Simmons isn't that guy, Bob. You're not. You're not ready. Jesus, Ben Simmons. I'm <laughs> gonna. <laughs> I, 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 wanna, I wanna have a moratorium on Ben Simmons bashing this week. We'll we'll take a week. I, will, I won't. Well, it- it, it
2: seemingly it seemingly either Kyrie or Ben every week, one or the other. I, I, I feel <laughs> like, yeah, Ben right, has when, allowed you to to get away from bashing Kyrie, so that, it, that's okay. That's okay for a little while. But it's what what Hey, it's one A and one B with you, Kyrie and Ben.
1: Um, so, but that's my premise: is that point guards are, are unfairly put in a, in in a position they don't belong in. Okay, so uh, having said that.
2: Magic Having said that. Does Chris Paul belong in the same conversation with one Isaiah Thomas, or is he in the same realm as John Stocker?
1: We come down. We come down to the the who do you want? I got to play tonight. You want? Are we talking about tonight? Are we talking about a year? Are we talking about a career? What are you talking about? You're talking about we're playing tonight. And which one do I want? And whose A game is the best? If they all bring their A games, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Then, then Chris Paul is last on that list yeah, in my too. my book. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's Isaiah I, one. Isaiah's, Isaiah's a game. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas's highlight film uh, is second in the only to Michael's in yeah. play in, in, in the last twenty five or thirty years of playoff history. Only okay. to Michael's his highlight film. Okay, uh, yeah, at his very best when he figured it all out and stopped some of the bullshit that he played with earlier in his career. Um, he w- I would take, I n- 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 then I would go uh Nash, yeah, or and then I'd go Stockton, and then I would go Chris Paul, and in that order, are or those are four. we forgetting anybody else? Uh, AI, oh, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. one. AI is an interesting one. I would, oh, how about his? A- I take his A game over, over oh, his A game, yeah. you might take over anybody,
2: yeah, I might take it. I, I,
1: I, oh, I mean, I, I did some stuff. And what he did look at that Philly roster every time we just took look at that Philly roster that went to the finals right. and, and tell me who else can you even Maybe. name anymore? Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't get
2: as much. I feel like he just doesn't get as much credit as he deserved because of, again, people don't look at what he played alongside. Um, he was just, he was electrified. No, I have
1: to backtrack. I may have to say that. I may have to put, I had forgotten him, but, but see that which is, and that, I remember it. I'm glad I caught myself. Isn't because, that crazy that we forget about him yes, though, that and, easily? I know it. It's not. It's a part of it, you know, because he was a, you know, the, the whole, the whole stick was, was interesting, but. Yeah, was, but you know what? Was anybody tougher? No. 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 an AI. No. no.
2: Nobody. I mean, you take him over anybody if you said like, one game, I need a guy who's going to get 40, you know, a smaller guard who I know can just win the game by himself. You would take AI over any of those guys.
1: Yeah, a very close call with Isaiah, but you're right. But so Chris Paul's last on that list, with, and it's not fair. I mean, it, 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 they put that burden on a six-foot player. That's not the nature of the game. So that's where I think it's it's an unfair discussion for him.
2: The NBA Finals are behind us, Robert, and we've got a champion, and it is Giannis. (laughs) I don't even want to say his name because I always screw it up, but I'll try it. Antetokounmpo, I guess. I mean, I I, again, hopefully I get it right. I'm just going with Giannis, and I'm going with the fact that he is the most likable NBA champion we have seen in over a decade,
1: Bob. Maybe ever. Well, I don't know about ever. We'll have to think you may be right. You may be right. There's nothing not to like in my, in my judgment here. Um, he is, uh, uh, he's a, he's so generous on the court. There's never anybody quite like him. Uh, the package that he represents at his size, the ball handling ability, the athleticism, uh, the, um, uh, I think I, I, told, I said last time I, he's the greatest finisher I've ever seen. Uh, I think he's the greatest finisher of all time uh, at, at, at that si- You know, with that size he has, it's, it's like Dr. J on steroids. You know, I mean, he's six inches <laughs> taller than Dr. J was, and, and doing the same kind of thing, only better. You know, so in that regard, um, yeah, and he's likable. God, he's carried himself he's more so likable. Belt. Who, who
2: doesn't like him? Like, listen, Larry Bird, Boston loved him, but LA hated him. Uh, magic, you know, Boston hated him. L. A. loved him, and there were other people around the country that probably didn't like Magic. I feel like Giannis. Who doesn't? It's almost like sacrilegious to not like Giannis.
1: <laughs> no, he's he's a wonderful package. He's humble enough. He's yeah. he's a team, you know he's a team guy. I mean, you know, he carries himself great. I mean, there's a, and the whole story, the wonderful story, the 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 the, the Nigerian family immigrating to Greece. Uh, you know, and, and, and the whole uh, upward, upward. Brothers.
2: Mobility, the whole you know, like,
1: upward mobility thing, uh, 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 you, know, and, uh, you know, and especially when they drafted him uh, eight years ago. Isn't that something? Eight yeah, years ago. Crazy. You know, I mean, at 15, uh, it was a reach, probably, you know, and, and look at what he's made himself into. So, yes. Uh, and, and the thing is, that's just he, he did what is the ultimate athletic accomplishment to play your best game in the most meaningful moment. And and carry your team And that. I mean, a fifty-point game in a clinching game, which uh, every one of you know, it, it, it was it was spectacular. And um, it's just so, so. Yes, it's a. And overall, as far as the team's concerned, my I have a I have what I got. What I call justice. Justice being, as I interpret it, the team that should have won one. That's all. They should have won. And, and in the season, it was a truncated, you know, it was, a, it was a, a marred season with injury. We discussed it to be outside of the playoffs. Whoever wins is going to have to listen to some whining in L.A., some whining in Brooklyn. And, and it'll be somewhat legitimate, particularly in, in Brooklyn, although they didn't play together very much. We saw a glimpse of how good they could have been. Well, they'll put it together next year. The team that should have won one. That's it. And I'm happy with that. I'm com- I mean, I'm content with that. I think it's
2: so cool, too, that in, in an era in which superstars have teamed up, that Chris Middleton and Giannis stuck together. They add pieces, obviously. John Horst yeah, did a tremendous job adding you know, Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes and some of these auxiliary pieces. P.J. Tucker was a yeah, huge J. addition. Uh, Conanton a few years ago. But, oh, but I feel like that's kind of what I appreciate most about Giannis is that he stayed and did it his way. And I heard somebody, I can't remember who, on the radio uh, earlier this week talking about the reason why Giannis may not have teamed up. And it's true. He didn't play AU basketball, Bob. He didn't establish these relationships that these kids do at 15, 16, 17 years old, where they know each other Mm -hmm. and they're hanging out with each
1: other. He didn't have those bonds. No, I, well, you know, there's a lot, a lot we can, someday we'll talk about ADU basketball, but the fact is that that's a very good point just as in a, on a, uh, on the subject of AAU basketball and, and it's, and, and avoiding it and it being a positive, the greatest example of that prior to him was Tim Duncan. Yeah. Uh, Tim Duncan uh, did not have the, the attitude, did not have the, the, you know, all the bad things that can ensue. Yeah. I think he, he was developed completely outside that scope and, but now it so was likable, but Duncan was
2: likable, but like, he didn't want to deal no, with, no, I'm just saying it's a whole different subject. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're not saying. It. not
1: yeah. that, you know, I mean, you know, he, he, he was, you know, he was not accessible. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a, an inaccessible personality, right? You know, he didn't, he wasn't a beloved personality for the no. American public because nobody knew him. He didn't want you to know him. You know, he didn't want, he didn't want, and that's, he's, he's, Hey, both of these guys in different ways are totally happy in their own skin. I mean, you know, and, and, and Duncan did it his way, and and this young man's doing it his way, and it, it's a more outgoing, you know, joyful external way. And but anyway, but you're right. The organic nature of the, this team was built in the old-fashioned way, without without the the, the piling on, you know, business. Uh, yeah, it's great, and I think we all appreciate that.
2: So I I know you would empty your bank account to keep Marcus smart, but were you surprised that Brad Stevens? Uh, emptied uh, Wick and, and Pags' bank account for Mark.
1: so, although it doesn't mean you can't still can't trade them. You know, so I understand that, and I know we, I know what your fondest heart desire is, Jeff Goodman. But um, you know, I am a, a a suck up, a sickle pant, a a a, a cult follower, a devotee, uh, a a fan of that young man's, and I I am willing to put up with this foibles. Uh, i mean you know i i don't like some of the shots either guys i don't want you to think i'm i'm blind to his faults i just love what he brings and i love what he brings and i i maintain there is nobody quite like him there's a few pests out there patrick beverly's a pest there's a few pests but he's a six foot five pest with with he was fearless and and he does some things that help you win games. And yeah, yeah, I, of course, I wish he were more polished on the offensive end. Brad apparently is not giving up on the idea that he can smooth out the Ruth rough edges on, in the offensive end, because, you know, uh, he, he's already on a, a record of talking, wanting the ball in his hands and, and all that stuff. So we'll see how this all works out. You know, very interesting, given the dynamics of, of Jason Tatum or what, how he comes back from his summer experience, his gold medal experience. And, you know, then the, the, Jalen Brown coming off an All Star year and how he fits, how he sees himself fitting in. So they they all have to, if they don't come together with one common purpose, which is a win, and figure out the best way to do it, uh, you know, it's sad because they they're 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 in the they're physical prime. They're all, I mean, this is not you know, the prime is in 30, 31 This is when they're never going to be friskier than they are right now. And he's the oldest in a bunch. right was he? Twenty six. So twenty
2: seven. So. And, and that was my question to you. At twenty seven can you change, can you really alter your game when you've had these habits and I've seen these habits from him forever? Okay. Like, yeah, you. I better. think they've gotten worse, not better yeah. in terms of shooting the ball, making poor decisions on what is a good shot and what is not a good shot. I don't think Brad held them accountable enough for that. I, I don't know if you disagree or not. I wonder if Ime. may is going to hold him more accountable and figure out a way to kind of get him. to under, And maybe, maybe it'll be easier because you're saying, here's the ball. It's not Kyrie's ball anymore. It's not Kemba's show anymore. It is your show. So now you don't have to worry about scoring, taking all these shots and forcing things. You're going to get more shots. You're going to be on the court more. You're not just coming in as an offensive stopper anymore.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very true. This is one of the many questions, the individual questions that we are looking to see answered by Emei. What is Emei's response to people? What is the how is it? What's their response to him? I mean, we got a whole new thing. We got you know we got used to something for seven years, and and we've been and now we got a new one. A whole and it's a blank slate for all of us. It's a blank slate. This is his first coach, head coach job. So nobody knows for sure. Yeah, we know he's got a pop pedigree, and we know you know we know his official background, but. You know, only you know. We're going to find out what's really in his head and how he really goes about things when he's in charge. And and this is we don't know, um, but it's it it's very important. I mean, these are you know these are your three best players. You know, and 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 Marcus Smart is. Uh, is that
2: good enough? It, can you be good enough if Marcus Smart is your third best player, Bob? Like, it, can you, you be a team smart- that can win an Eastern Conference title? With as smart as
1: your 3rd You argue that he already was two years ago. Or maybe you say he was the fourth best of Kemba, yeah. but Kemba was never was self, you know, was only temporarily the Kemba right. that they hoped for. Um, he's been there at times, and they've gone into the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I like to think so, but it, it's—I'll tell you what. There's—I'm dying of curiosity. I mean, I'm—I I don't usually talk like this in the middle of August, but I, I was training camp work tonight. I'm—I want to see I'm this too. Up. I want to see the Marcus Smart,
2: I hate to call it an experiment, but it is an experiment as a starting de facto point guard. Now, again, the beauty of it in a way is if Marcus Smart doesn't work out, you have a guy behind him that should be just as hungry, if not hungrier for different reasons, In Dennis Schroeder that's saying to himself, you know what, at the first sign of this, and, and they should push each other. Marcus Smart just got paid. And it's really coming off kind of a subpar year for him, especially the defensive end, you know, and he was hurt. And now you've got Schroeder who's saying to himself, like, I got to make money for next year. I got to find a way to get in the court. I don't know where Peyton Pritchard in his 92 point pro-am performance fit in. Bob, I want to know. I texted Danny Ainge. I said, Danny, were you guarding Peyton Pritchard? You (laughs) know, the pride of Eugene, Danny Ainge. Were you were you guarding Peyton Pritchard in
1: this performance? I think a lamppost lamp was uh, that night. Uh, that 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 blows. That just totally blows my mind. You know, I mean, come on. Hey, if you told me that uh, Durant went off for ninety two uh, in, in an exhibition game, sure. I would have been dazzled. But Peyton it, Pritchard, come on. Uh, I I don't know how many FGAs were there for that. I, I I didn't see.
2: I love the box score. I haven't seen a box score. I don't know if, what hey, it is. If you saw the box score, that might be the last box score you ever look at after <laughs> this one. You know, this and Isaiah Thomas is what did he have 60? What did he have 80? 70? Isaiah had Isaiah recently had oh, like he had, um, yeah he had 80 I think uh, 80. I mean, come on. And then then uh Nick Young tweets out how bad the proams now. And then Jamal Crawford goes back at him and says, all right, they're that bad? You show up. Come come on out to Seattle and play in our pro-am. Well, I saw Nick Young in the three-on-three, three, the big three thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Young looks like he, he's put on about a good 20, 25 pounds. Well, okay. so I don't think he's showing up in any Seattle pro-am. But the pro-ams are – I mean, listen, if Isaiah Thomas, who can't get on a roster right now, is scoring 80, and Peyton yeah. Pritchard, who is the third point guard right now on an NBA team, is scoring 90 – uh, we know the primes. I'm not,
1: uh, you know, I'm just. It's an amusing, amusing little subplot. Yes. I'm, that, by the way, I yes, we all. I like Peyton Pritchard, uh, and I think we're going to always like him. And, and he's yeah. never going to be in the All Star Game, but he's going to be around for ten or twelve years. And he's going to be probably play for a couple, you know, several teams, frankly, and be coveted. Uh, and, and, and be a, and can be a in a rotation of a of a championship team. Frankly, I think he's. he's yeah, he, he,
2: and he fits well with Mark. Like I actually think you could play him and Marcus Smart together you know, because Marcus yeah. can guard at such a high level and Pritchard can shoot at such a high level. You could actually put them on the court at, at the same time. All right, the last thing, and then we'll get out on this. Uh, Luca Doncic signs a five-year, $207 million max deal. That th- There's no surprise there. We knew that was going to happen because you can't ever let him walk if you're Mark Cuban. You're going to pay whatever you can to keep Luca in Dallas, keep him as happy as can possibly be. Um, my question to you, I heard somebody say it the other day that he's the best player in the NBA today. Are you willing to go that far?
1: No, but I will go. I mean, not I, because I think I, I, there's a guy named Durant that I think has to be considered to be the current reigning yeah. champ winner and champion, but, oh, oh you know, I'm on record. I, I, I tweeted something that I regretted because it was a, a dumb choice of words that uh, <laughs> in praise, in, in the spring of twenty In, in, in the, you know the bulbilicious uh, you yeah. know time of day year, he takes my breath away I said I mean I mean um I'm I'm a, I'm a member of the fan club yeah uh, 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 no question now he is he he's not as good a three point shooter as he thinks he is totally I, and I know I'm, uh, my friend Tim Kalishaw is always reminding everybody on on the, on around the horn about that fact you know but he can make it and he has a penchant for making big ones. Ask the Celtics. Yeah, he's fearless. <laughs> okay. So, um, but what he's, he's, he's a seven foot, um, I'm gonna, he's almost Larry Bird. He reminds me of more of, of, of than any now, but not as good a shooter, quite frankly. But, right. but he's he has Bird, not. he has Larry Bird vision, Larry Bird feel, feel right. with yep. the game. Uh, so that's the highest praise I can bestow on any, any. Well, you take him point today point for out. this year. If I said to you, you can have,
2: you're, you're going to draft for this year. For this year, are you taking Luca or LeBron?
1: Oh, I'm taking Luca because I does, I want to know. You give me the over on un, 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 over under on a number of games. You think LeBron will will, will get through without getting hurt, which is no more than you know seventy maybe at the most. Um, yeah, so I'm only that, taking uh, Kevin Durant. Are you going to Kevin Durant right now? I league? would still take. I think, well, based on what we just saw, yeah, you know, uh, it's it, it, he still has enough left. Uh, you know, it, there's no reason he's to think defensively to. too. That's where
2: yeah. KD. Yeah. Yes, that's where we don't oh, talk yeah. enough about Luca. Is he's got to get to where he's average defensively?
1: No, that's exactly right. Thank you for me, that. Was a rather big omission on my part. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're talking about offense only here. KD was
2: awful in college defensively and really not good coming into the league. But then he became a really, really good defender. And that's the difference. That's where to me, KD doesn't get enough credit and is the best player in the world right now. Because again, yes, for one game, if LeBron is 100% for one game or one series, I'm still taking LeBron over KD or Luka or everybody. Uh, All right but you've got to put that into context of LeBron. We don't know how healthy he is going to be for an entire
1: season. So you would, you'd roll the dice on KD. and I e know. And- yeah, I totally agree with you. We're not disrespecting the King. We're just being honest about where he is at this point in his career. And, and yeah, for a game, he can still do stuff. He still has the best all around game that anybody could play. There's no, I don't doubt that. The other guy in the discussion, uh, since you mentioned Luca is, is Jokic, you know, yeah. I mean, um, he's, he is he's a he's a he's a triple double seven footer.
2: I mean, but, he, what he's not, what he's not, is somebody that can create his own shot. Right. That's that's where the difference. KD creates his own shot. LeBron can create his own shot. Um, well, he's yeah.
1: Well, he's a, he's definitely he's a five. I mean, right. he's a five, a modern five. Luca is a queen well, on the chessboard. Big. He's, yeah, just he's a like big. a
2: one. I mean, he and really he, is.
1: Just put the ball a, in his
2: hands, and he can a, make people. He can score off the like. I think you have to, to me, to be this day and age, to be one of the top players in the NBA. One of the top, like, if you're starting a team, you got to start it with somebody that you can put the ball in their hands and they can make a play for somebody else and themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. No, and that's I, not I, I, really
2: Jokic. He is, but he's not right. Like you got to give him the ball, kind of in the post. It, it's different. It's just it's different. He's he is special obviously um, winning the MVP, everything about him. I know you love everybody I think loves, but I would, I would say the argument right now is Luca KD and LeBron. And I'm telling you, the argument is gonna, it's going to include Jason Tatum in two years.
1: Don't you love the fact that several mountains went to Mohammed to make, get that contract done yeah. uh, flying to to Slovenia. Boy, Uh, you know, that's, that shows you what you got to do. uh, uh, That is so funny. I haven't, you know, so I I just love that part. (laughs) All right. Well,
2: listen, we will be back next week for another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, You can catch a pod every single week on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube. You can also find it wherever you listen to your pods as well. And uh, we'll see you next week.